0: Hello and welcome to the Vorthos cast. I'm Jay and Ellie. Yeah,
1: who's that? Sorry, you it's startled Chris me. Delano. No, you startled me. I haven't heard you in so long, Jay. Oh, sorry. Okay, we can keep going. Keep going.
2: Uh, I, am, <laughs> I am the true and rightful host of this podcast, Lorelei weisel
1: And I'm Chris Delano.
2: I've
0: been here the whole time. Oh, okay. 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 Uh, so here we're here today to talk about the world of Ixalan. And my daughter is there asking why she can't come in. Okay, uh, so, you know, there's there's a little bit of news. Uh, some of the Fallout decks have been revealed. We'll talk about that more when, you know, the actual preview season rolls around. Uh, and also, by the time this comes out, the entire story for Ixalan will be out. So, yeah. Uh, we're not going to have any spoilers in here if you haven't gotten around to reading it all yet, though.
1: it's It's super weird to me because... This is like the first time I think we're recording an episode other than like the novellas and like the you know actual novels. May they rest in peace forever. Um, I think this is the first time we've had an episode that's coming out after the full story has been revealed. But we're recording before any of the story has been revealed. So like typically we're recording after like a few episodes have been released or our episode is being released before a few episodes have been released but now it's like by the time people hear this it will have all come out but we have not seen any of it and by we i mean me because the two of you yeah yeah you get to see this i, stuff. Mean,
0: I don't think lorelei you, you don't know anything about the story for this one right you're kidding i know lots of things about the story for this one did, did you work on the set were you on the the creative Test? No oh
2: i work on arena though i see lots of things oh
0: i always forget that yeah 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 no that
2: makes sense i'm sorry There's... i'm sorry you tried to kill all the planeswalkers but some of them still do exist so <laughs> Me um, personally i still do get to
0: work on arena okay, okay. yeah well the, it's a good story i i think you'll all like it. It, it it's a good one mm-hmm. uh so let's talk about and yes quint- quintorius is going to be in it he's the he's the play i love walker.
2: quint what a good boy
0: so what is Ixalan? Ixalan is both the name of an entire plane and a specific continent on that plane where the action takes place. Uh, if that is confusing, just remember at one point we had the domains on Do- Dominaria, which was a part of Dominia. Um, so, you know, at least it's not that.
2: If also, also, if it's confusing, just remember that New York is both a city and a state and people handle that just fine.
0: That is fair. That is fair. It's because no one ever bothers to talk about New York State. No one cares.
2: Does that make, like, uh,
0: buffalo Torrazon?
2: Yes. No? Let's go with yes. <laughs> Let's go. You uh, have to be across <laughs> a body of water to be Torrazon, so I guess Toronto. There you go. That's or fine. just actual Spain. Uh,
0: so, just a very quick background to the plane. Uh, 1,200 years ago, the planeswalkers Ugin... Uh, who is the spirit dragon and azor who is the lovely little sphinx who left law systems wherever he went including uh ravnica and the azorius senate is named after him uh they hatched a plan to imprison Nicolbolus bolus and keep him from doing bad things in the multiverse it of course went very poorly in the uh, story of fate reforged and uh ugin never actually showed up for his part and azor was stuck on the plane uh, with a device they created called the immortal sun which keeps planeswalkers in a plane prevents them from Planeswalking walking away uh, and it was powered by azor's spark uh, and he had given up his spark in order to create it and now he's stuck sparkless on this plane that he couldn't planeswalk from anyway uh so he after some time in depression uh he leaves it with a group of warrior monks in a mountain nation called Torezon. Uh, Torizon was the subject of some internal strife, and a king named Pedron pa- the Wicked, I think is his name, uh, tried to capture the immortal sun for himself. Uh, Azor showed up, y- yanked the whole thing, yanked it uh, over to the continent of Ixalan proper, uh, where he gave it to the sun empire of the time. Uh, the Sun Empire built the golden city of Orozca using the power given to them. Uh, and for a while, they did okay with the power. And then um, one of their emperors got a little bit too big for his britches, uh, started to be corrupted by the power of the Immortal Sun. Damn, they got britches on Ixalan? I, I I would assume so. It's like 15th century
2: analogs. They're britching all over the place.
0: They've at least got breeches. We know that britches get stitches.
2: Um so <laughs> Yeah, they're textiles, of course, they, course do.
0: they do. They literally do. I know, I know. I don't know what else that could possibly mean. Uh so anyway, the Azor made a deal with the River Heralds to seal away the Golden City of Orazka with the Immortal Sun inside it and hide uh and keep everyone away from it for for the rest of time, basically. Uh so basically Azor came in and mucked up an entire other plane uh chris do you want to read your little azor blurb that you wrote because it is the best yeah yeah
1: i I put in here that uh, azor the sphinx at planeswalker is the worst he went to xlan to spread a little democracy and ended up creating a whole bunch of people who are angry at each other all the time um
0: because that's that's what he did (laughs) there's really not a better not not a better way to put it i'm going to be perfectly honest all right so let's talk about the factions
2: of Damn, they got factions on Xelon. So I I will admit they used to it, it's a little hard for me to discuss Ixelon because Chris did the Samurai intro and I'm just I'm still thinking about the the uh the two-part game changer episode of uh Bachelor. And uh it was <laughs> so good. It's so good. So good. Bachelor slash Bachelorette are the reality shows that can sucker me in very, very easily. <laughs>
0: uh so the first faction we're going to talk about is the sun empire uh their symbol is the threefold sun both the sun empire and the legion of dusk or the dusk legion uh have like stylized symbols uh that represent the immortal sun as their faction symbol uh and they are very dinosaur centric they are uh very much inspired by you know the 15th century aztec uh civilization uh they are it's a society of warriors and poets and warrior Uh, they have a lot of and Mm -hmm. warrior poets including one in particular uh a
2: woman named hawaii she (laughs) is gay
0: do you want to talk about hawaii
2: uh she's a warrior poet who's gay and that covers most of her character (laughs) <laughs> I mean that's
0: fair. She is she is dating Sahili, who we know is on the plane, uh, as of Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Uh and uh yeah, Huatli lost her spark after uh the multiversal-wide Phyrexian invasion. Uh but during the invasion, she defended uh the Golden City of Orazka, which her people had claimed after the original Ixalan block. Uh and she was able to summon some elder dinosaurs to help defeat the Phyrexians.
1: Yeah. I, I just want to remind people to go back if you have not read it already and read the side story by Miguel Lopez from March of the Machine, wherein Watley does defend uh, the island slash continent of ixalon slash plane of Ixalan. Uh It is one of my favorite like side stories we've ever had. Uh, and I feel like it is underappreciated, even though it was super appreciated it's it's just really good so um go back and read it if you have not i believe it's called uh what was the name of it uh the 300 steps under the sun
0: yeah yes that is uh,
1: correct incredible incredible short story
0: uh so some some more background on the sun empire is uh ever since they lost the uh immortal sun they have been a civilization in decline uh where they used to have dominion over like the entire continent uh now they just control three cities. And um the current Emperor Abse Abs shoot, let me let me pull up the actual name. I was trying to remember it off the top of my Welcome
1: head. Welcome back to the <laughs> show, Jay. You have to pronounce some names.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially because, you know, like I'm obviously gonna mispronounce these because this is not gonna be how you would pronounce them under uh if, if you're speaking nahuatl. Um I think it is a Pat-Zek
2: usually this is where i would go look it up but you already said you were so that means i don't have to do anything
0: this is true you do not ah Apetzek inti intli sorry not inti intli the third uh is the emperor and he decided that he wanted to kind of recapture the glory days of the sun empire and uh tasked whatley with finding the golden city of verazka which she eventually does and eventually he's able to claim it but he's not able to claim the immortal Sun uh because tezzeret you know yunks it off the plane for nicol Bollas plan in war of the spark uh but whatley who had kind uh at the end of that story sort of steals the warrior poet's mantle uh she steals the the helmet of the post because uh, she earned it and the emperor was just going to keep teasing her with it forever and so she just decided to take it and planes walked away for a while um she is still however the warrior poet uh, the emperor basically to save face uh he couldn't say it was stolen and he just you know had to give her what he had promised her he was gonna yeah,
2: give. Her. yeah uh you wields the greatest power a bard can hold which is being generally well liked by everyone around <laughs> her. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she was popular with her family and her family's friends and her friends and all these other people influential in the royal scenes, but also with the people like
1: she's a famous I was, I was about
2: to yeah, say the, a the, the commoners, but the, con- the, the, the c- citizens of the Sun Empire, like everyone just likes her. And now she's a big time war hero. So, good for her, I guess.
0: Uh, they The Sun Empire, we should also mention, worships something called the Threefold Sun, uh, which is a sun god with three aspects that are one, uh, Ixali, the verdant sun, Kinjali, the awakening sun, and Tilinali, the burning sun. Basically, the sun in all its forms, the sun in its life-giving, nurturing, uh, and also the sun at its destructive uh, potential. Yeah,
2: almost like the sun empire focuses on green white and red magics wild <laughs> weird
0: weird how that one worked out um the sun empire one last thing about them is before uh or i should say after they discovered arazka uh they had the resources to launch a counter-offensive against torazon uh namely in something called the dawn fleet which we hear about in that 300 steps under the sun uh, things don't go well because the Phyrexian invasion happens. happens and everyone everyone gets decimated during the war. So there isn't there isn't like a, as far as we know, a Sun Empire colony on Torazon fighting back or anything like that right now. Uh, there are a couple other legends from there that we should mention real quick. Atla Palani was a uh, commander who uh, basically raises dinosaur eggs in the wild and then uh gishath who is an avatar of the threefold sun a giant dinosaur avatar isn't that yeah. zakama no 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 zakama zakama is an elder oh, dinosaur okay. uh who is beautiful and i love them i
1: i get um, it but, mixed up because like gishath is like both a big dinosaur and zakama is a big dinosaur and they're the same colors and it's very confusing
0: just yeah so they're different
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so like gishath as an avatar is like a manifestation of the specific sun's power, but Zakama is like a primordial like archetype of dinosaur-ness.
1: So like Zakama boiled down to make the threefold sun, which then Gishath is representing. So in a way, um, Gishath is just a dinosaur nugget. <laughs>
2: I of for- no, so
1: larger dinosaur gisheth,
0: gisheth literally has the sun empire symbol emblazoned on its chest and its feathers uh it is it it may or may not be a manifestation of an act of the actual threefold sun it may be a manifestation of the sun empire's belief in the threefold sun yeah, that is kind I... of uh that's kind of how avatars work it's not mm-hmm. super clear if it's manifesting from the power of belief or from a real power Either way, it has.
2: Power. It is I, I, the point is Gishath is associated with the Sun Empire. Zakama is bigger than all that. Um, I don't remember what all the panels, the the world building, the LCI world building panel has said about the Suns and stuff but we'll, I mean, let's let's we'll let's guess, not talk be. about them
0: <laughs> yeah no we'll, we'll we can talk about that when when we talk about the story and the set and flavor yeah no
2: this is only because chris invoked part of that thread on just like hold your horses on the threefold sun because it, it's because... there are
0: we do know we do know there are actual gods in
1: the mm-hmm. core yeah and we also know that there is a sun in the middle of the core which is I think a pretty important world building detail that's related to this, but we'll find out later Yeah, because the story isn't out yet as of recording and is out as of time of read of listening. So like we're going to sound like a bunch (laughs) of idiots this whole time. I won't. (laughs) I will. I'm the only one. I'm the one who will sound like an (laughs) idiot. I'm just not going to
0: say anything and let you, let (laughs) you say whatever you want to say. Okay. So let's talk about the Legion of Dusk, which is the, the counter influence to the sun empire. They are 15th century Spain. Uh, they were formed from the, uh, that little mountainous nation of Torazon. Uh, one of the warriors in that monastery, uh, a woman named Lenda, uh, led a voyage to reclaim the immortal son and came back centuries later a vampire. Uh, and she gave that vampiric gift to her people to continue the search uh, before herself leaving again. Uh, and disappearing to Ixalan which is why the Dusk Legion once they finish their conquest of their home continent <laughs> yeah uh, follow her
2: yeah she accidentally started vampire catholicism and then left them behind and then it turns out the vampire catholics were like well what if we controlled this entire continent and so they did and they did a lot of war and then decided <laughs> to do a bunch of colonialism
0: So, yeah, what's important to understand is that in the tenets of the church and there are and there are um, there are basically two different views among vampires. There are the true believers who actually believe in the tenets and there are others who just use it as a framework to do the most horrendous things possible.
1: It's almost like it's a two color faction with white
0: and black and how. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing how that works out. Yeah. So uh, the vampires, which is almost the entirety of the aristocracy uh all the nobility anyone wealthy with connections is basically a vampire uh as they should be and um they are not allowed to feed on citizens of their empire uh they are only allowed to uh, feed on criminals or enemies and so in order to have enemies they basically need constant war uh, for the more greedy and gluttonous among them to uh, be able to really indulge the way they want to indulge, um, <clears throat> definitely not comparable to you know c- colonialism yeah, in yeah, any way. Schubert, I, I
1: put a note here that they're uh, comparable to the Spanish conquistadors, uh, but they're not quite as evil. Not quite. They are. Yeah. The, the entire. They, they are vampire Catholicism, and they do drink blood and kill people uh not quite as evil as the the spanish uh coloni- colonizers of the the time period
0: they um th- the entire plane of Ixalan was basically uh, inspired from the idea of vampire conquistadors uh so they invaded Ixalan in the original block they are also after the immortal sun which they believed uh would give them eternal life instead of this unending uh, undeath that they have yeah, yeah uh so they have and they, guess what, what? that's not going to be possible
2: <laughs> hey you can't die isn't that great <laughs> all the vampires actually this sucks
0: <laughs> um, literally so they they invaded ixalan uh, a few years ago in universe uh and were pushed back by the sun empire after the sun empire was able to r- reclaim erazka and also because Alendo was discovered uh, standing watch over the immortal sun in the city of Orazca. Uh, and so when she saw what her people had become, she said, oh, hell no. Uh, and basically took one of them by the ear and dragged them back to Spain or Torazon, uh, to have some words with her people.
1: Look what you've done. You've taken my perfectly good religion and given it imperialism.
0: So the, the, so basically Elenda, when she brought vampirism, she intended it to be like this noble sacrifice, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, to take on a curse in search of something noble and holy. And yeah, it, it, it did not go like that, obviously. Uh, so Torzon is divided into uh, the church of dusk, which is, you know, obviously the religion uh, led by the pontifex of dusk uh, and the state led by queen Miralda. Uh They have a number of saints and venerables as part of the religion um elenda is one of their saints uh, obviously because she basically founded the religion uh and they also have a whole thing with um
2: uh, blood, blood
0: rituals to and blood fasts uh where they abstain and they get like supernatural clarity and vision uh as part of abstaining uh when they're basically starving themselves to death and then
2: they go ape shit
0: They did, absolutely And go
2: murder murder spree time after. It's not healthy.
0: We have three other legends from this faction. Um, We have Maverin Thane, who is a a true believer. He is a a cleric, and when he sees Alenda, he is immediately Team Alenda. And we also have Vito and Vona. So Vona is a... She is a conquistador. She is awful. Uh, She is the butcher of Magan is her actually her title. Uh, and that's because she is, she's in it to sate her dark urges and she does not actually believe anything that the church stands for. Uh, meanwhile, Vito is a cleric in the church and he is, uh, has established himself as opposed to Elenda. He came later in one of the core sets, I believe. Uh, and his blurb mm-hmm. is basically that he has declared a schism in the church uh, because of Alinda's return and he wants to keep
2: the old way the way they've been doing things. No, I was I was gonna say shout out to my partner Vona. <laughs> yeah, uh, who yes is, who is also, a real human That Vona is not the worst. Who, who not who is not <laughs> a magic card. <laughs> not the butcher. But Vona is a good bean and I love them. Um yeah so the River Heralds. Uh they are Ixelon's Merfolk. They um I don't know if they are specifically, like, older than the Sun Empire. But there's, like, some implication that they are, at least in terms of some of their architectural constructions. Um, It, it
0: is strongly hinted
2: by the River
0: Heralds that uh, humanity showed up
2: after that. Yeah. Uh, wow, wouldn't it be cool if we explored what some of that meant in... A new Exelon set sometime.
0: If only there were lost caverns we could dive into to
2: discover the true history. But maybe a precursor <sighs> civilization to yeah. the Sun Empire. <laughs> anyway, um, so the River Heralds live in, uh, you know, despite Ixalan being uh, this big, massive <laughs> island, uh, the River Heralds are mostly, uh, unsurprisingly, River Merfolk, uh, who live in the jungles. Um, they are blue and green, um, because they live in the water and in the forest. Get it?
0: Yep, that's, that's the entire
2: reason. Um, Mm -hmm. they hold themselves to be, like, the, the stewards of nature, uh, and the land itself, um, and the water itself, uh, and they, they're broken up into, um, are they clans? They have, like, uh... I don't know what the groups no. the shapers lead are called. They're
1: Oh my god. I looked this bands. up earlier. They're they're bands. bands.
2: Um yeah. yeah, so they have like a council of nine leaders called Shapers, um, who are uh either, you know, communal elders or uh young upstarts with bright ideas and extreme talent for shaping the jungle and the water. Um And they have a lot of ancient sites and know more about navigating the land than anybody else. And they're really pissed at the Sun Empire for their... Well, the the Empire part of the Sun Empire. (laughs) Uh, The Sun Empire has built up civilization... uh, And encroached on a lot of River Heralds' territory, and even before um, the Vampires or the Pirates got to the continent of Ixalan, the Sun Empire and the River Heralds had been going at it back and forth. Um, You know, like we mentioned earlier, the River Heralds were, um, on Ixalan, the River Heralds were the original holders of the Immortal Sun. Uh, So there's like um, in the original block, there's a big argument between um, a lot of the shapers because one of them, Kumena, believes that uh, their original role as um, protectors and guardians of the Immortal Sun means that they should be the ones who seize the Immortal Sun's power so that they can protect it from all these other colonizers. Um, He gets shoved out of a window for this. We love him (laughs) for it. He is a fool. (laughs) um and very reckless and i like him um the main shaper he l- loses an ideological argument with here is uh, Tashana who's an older woman uh who is kind of like the old wise one um of she's the, the de facto leader yeah, yeah. she's kind of the, the most respected although i i don't think the shapers have like a strict hierarchy um
0: no, but she is she is named after the largest and most powerful of the nine tributaries
2: yes, yeah. um Kopala is another one of the younger ones um and uh is Tuvasa a shaper
1: yeah, she's a weird one. she's like really into the sun, she likes the sun because they need to make her color identity include white. she
0: is she is a shaman but she is not a shaper specifically we only have like two
2: sentences on her yeah i couldn't remember that commander deck came out a long time ago yeah so river heralds like to keep to themselves mostly
0: they also have like jade magic Yeah, like they have jade tokens and they create or at least used to create these um jade like golems uh to fight off uh intruders and they still use them sometimes but
2: their their armor is awesome they they are i think visually one of my favorite societies in all of magic the gathering they're very
0: cool
1: i feel like they were very underutilized in the original excellent block in terms of like uh world building and exploration so i'm really excited for what yeah. happens when we go into the middle of the world and hopefully we get a little bit more uh merfolk stuff going on because they're cool. I like them, especially they're- in a non-factional set. Yeah. yeah, they're also like really pretty. Like, like these are the prettiest Merfolk I think in all of Magic.
0: <laughs> uh, should we talk about the Brazen Coalition? Oh, that'd be uh, very Yar. brazen of <laughs> us. Uh, so the 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 Yar the Coalition uh, started as a bunch of refugees from the Dusk Legion's expansion in Torozong. Uh, basically a bunch of like coastal nations decided uh no we're out and you know filled up every ship they could and sailed to Ixalan where the Sun Empire immediately said you can't sit with us <laughs> Uh and kicked them out and so they had to take up uh on some of the outlying islands and ended up turning to uh piracy uh also <laughs> also they didn't like the whole vampire catholicism thing which is a Great line. I I, I love it, Chris.
1: Yeah, I I also kind of agree with that. I feel like if my uh, culture started veering towards vampire Catholicism, I too would become a pirate. I think that's the natural
0: response. (laughs) Goodbye. Uh, So the Brazen Coalition was formed uh, decades ago uh, when now Admiral Beckett Brass crashed her uh, ship into another pirate captain. Uh, no matter what they did, they could not extricate the ships from one another, uh, so they were forced to come to, like, a compromise, uh, and both those two ships that crashed into each other and those two captains formed the basis of the Brazen Coalition and their floating city of High and Dry, which is made up of, you know, flotsam and jetsam and all these different ships that are... Uh, wrecks are no longer seaworthy, but as a collection, they all hold each other Damn,
2: up. Damn, they built a city out of the eels from Little Mermaid? Oh my god. I thought
0: you were going to uh, say they built a city <laughs> on
1: love and friendship because that's what they did.
0: Uh, there are a, 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 number, a number of different uh, captains that we know of. Uh, there's Lannery Storm, who controls the Storm Fleet. Uh, Admiral Beckett Brass controls the, uh, uh, the Fathom Fleet. Uh, there are also the... Uh, dire oh mm-hmm. God, there's the dire fleet spoiler. there's the dire fleet and the what's the other fleet's name it also starts with a d it doesn't matter which one that
1: is they clearly aren't
0: important and enough. the dead eyes yeah uh the, the dead eyes sort yeah. of look a little more militaristic because they are uh, they're the descendants of like the actual military vessels that sailed
2: um yeah the uh The pirates originated in, um, a bunch of, a coastal region known as the Free Cities. Um, so they were, they were not part of Torazon and they were, uh, run out. So they are, they are kind of the remaining martial traditions of the Free Cities.
0: Uh, and then we have Ripley Vance who has set up, uh, on Spitfire Bastion. So she has this island fortress between High and Dry, uh, and the mainland, and uh, under her, she has a captain named Vargas Wrath, uh, who actually invaded her island and tried to conquer it, uh, and did such a good job that even before she was going to execute him, she actually pardoned him if he would come work for her, uh, and he actually likes that. So they're 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 a good team. Uh, there is another captain on of the Brazen Coalition we should mention, and that is Captain Vraska, the talented Captain Vraska. Uh, as well as Jace Bellerin, uh who is a member of her crew on the ship, the Belligerent. Uh, and they, so the story of the main Ixalon, now that we've gotten to them, is Nicol Bolas hires Vraska to find uh, the immortal Sun using this etheric compass he hands, he, he gives her. Uh, Vraska comes apro- across a amnesiac Jace Balarin, fresh off a battle on Amonket with Nicol Bolas. Uh, and the two of them end up falling in love on their quest Uh, jace gets his memories back and they try to plan uh something that will get one over on bolus and it does not go like they hope uh part of that is because there's a creative team shift between the setup and conclusion for this uh which we won't go into too much here um but also on uh, basically vraska and jace find it and uh vraska uh, calls in tezzeret to um, teleport it away using the planar bridge uh and jace makes azor go to an a, a, uh, abandoned island to, to think about what he did he puts them in timeout.
1: you gotta make sure you, you mention that they fell hopelessly in love with each other during all of this
0: i do i said Rath. they like, fall
1: in love but like hopelessly it's, a, in it's love. such a good love story
2: that it is it's very sweet. they're so tea for tea i like them <laughs> it's it's
1: like the highlight of the Exelon stories for a lot of people is the relationship between jace and brasca um it's not a thing that i think we're gonna go into in any detail so go back and reread some of those stories and pay attention to them um that is a good chunk of what made the excellent Ix- stories uh some of the favorites of the fan community for a long time um some just beautiful beautiful moments between them two
0: i can't believe it was like six years ago now though messed up uh, so also malcolm and Breaches were there they didn't get cards until later uh but they are fan favorite characters malcolm is a siren who is the navigator on the ship and his best friend Breaches, who is uh the cannoneer uh gunner for the ship who yells everything uh, at the top of his lungs in the most obnoxious way possible, and also loves explosions. Uh, so he's he's basically a typical goblin.
1: They are also in love, but not the same kind of love.
0: They, they, they're, they're bros. They love each other. They're, there's also one more captain who does not love Ixalan in any way, shape, or form, and that is Angrath, our favorite murder dad. Uh, I, anytime I leave Angrath off like an Ixalan list, someone gets upset like what about Angrath? Angrath hates this place okay he's never coming back here he's not i will tell you right now he is not in lost caverns of ixalan he is never coming back here if he can help he it, he okay?
2: when he leaves he literally says see you never pathetic fools he does eventually see every single one of those people again but <laughs> um, not on ixalan but in a
0: different place but in a not on ixalan right exactly <laughs> yeah Angrath, but like who knows where an omen path is gonna let out you know <laughs> no no i would never like if if they did that to poor angrath who just wants to be with his daughters i would uh resign maybe i would i was gonna resign. say don't just don't make put sure that in writing, Jay. <laughs> to make him as miserable as possible if we write him in there but yeah angrath is is he, he not coming back he had his own he had his own ship because he killed the first captain. I guess technically Vraska did too, but uh we don't think about that one as much. Uh and yeah, we all love Murder Dad. He's great. That's it for the the four factions. We know there are going to be more factions uh in the core and between the core and the surface. Uh they're not it's not a factional set, but there will be more civilizations uh that we will learn about in the, both the story and as the cards come out.
1: Yeah, we've gotten to see like a little bit of art. We've we saw um we saw some like uh like booster art, I believe, with like cat people on it, but I'm not sure if it was Yeah, that was official. It wasn't the um it was like so before the Ixelon sets came out, there was like a fake booster that was made with a Johnny on it, and everyone was like, What in the world? And they've shown a real one that has a cat person on it now. So that is that is real.
0: For for perspective for everyone, Ajani is also from... Like, Naya is very Mesoamerican in inspiration. Sort of is. Uh, so, sort of, yeah. It is very Rice Burroughs, by way of, you know, Edgar Rice Burroughs. It is a... Not not as good, not as well done as uh, Ixlan is. Um, but yeah, I think Ajani would have fit in fairly well. Uh, we have seen some art of some other things that are ominous, uh, like dinosaur skeletons covered in, like, fungus. Uh, We know Kellen is going to be there. We've seen his card.
2: I love that boy.
0: Uh, We know there are gods. Uh, We've seen Oger Axonal, Deepest Might, and we've seen art for another god whose name escapes me at this moment. Uh, We have seen, let's see, Temple. Oh, he's got Temple of Power, yeah. Um, Also, we should, you know, who we didn't mention Aklazatz.
1: Oh, yeah. uh, The bat.
0: The bat god of night, uh, who may be the origin of vampirism on the plane. Uh, And there is artwork of a, uh, I think, a Sun Empire person approaching uh, Aklazatz's temple, uh, which we have seen on a card. Um, And there's art. I forget what it was on, uh, but it's one of the promotional pieces as well.
1: It feels really silly to be talking about like the things we've seen because by the time this episode comes out, it will all have been shown in the story.
0: So <laughs> I, I just wanted to mention Thoughts for no particular reason, right? I, I know. Like, like,
1: like it's it's not gonna come up in the story. We can just admit that, right? Like there's no way that that thread is gonna get picked up. Um <laughs> I'm sure it will. But it is kind of silly to think that like we can't, like, we've seen a lot of stuff about Last Caverns of Ixalan, but we're going to know all of it by the time this episode releases. Um, so that's really a weird feeling. I'm just going to keep reiterating that because it feels very weird.
2: I can't, um, I, I mean, I'm really just excited for everyone to talk about the Beeble Empire down there.
0: <laughs> the Beeble oh, Empire. Was no, I that not would supposed to say
2: that? That was a joke. There's no Beebles on the set.
0: That would be fantastic. And there's <laughs> like five people who, if they believed you, they would be so mad.
2: <laughs> I'd be one of them. I love peoples. Let's talk
0: very quickly about the elder dinosaurs. Uh, so we know the surface of Ixalan has these feathered dinosaurs. Um, the elder dinosaurs look more like uh, the 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 older depictions of dinosaurs as like lizard-like creatures. Uh, they have a little bit of like golden feathering and plumage, but not like the regular dinosaurs have. It kind of hints that they are an older, more primal force. Uh, there are five, one in each color, plus one uh, that we talked about already, Zakama, who is uh white, green, and red. Um one of them is dead. Uh, because Atali was completed by the Phyrexians, uh, and then killed with the combined effort of like Galta Zakama, and Zatulpa. Uh, Zatulpa is like a big pterodon. Galta is like a giant. I don't know. Allosaurus T Rex thing. Nezahal is a uh, what do you call? What would you call Nezahal, Lorelai? What is? I uh, forget the uh name plesiosaur.
2: Of that. plesiosaur. I don't. Ples- yeah, know Yeah. Right. No, if they are, they're not squamates, right? i don't think so
0: and then there's also tetsumak who is like a a sort of like a spiked ankylosaurus um or i'm sure there's a dinosaur equivalent that actually has those spikes
2: i just i don't know it off the top of my head oh yeah it's (laughs) (laughs) Angiris.
0: yeah he is he is basically Angiris. just like zakama is our like love child of king Ghidorah and uh godzilla um So the Elder Dinosaurs are neat because up until that point, the Elder type had only ever been used on uh, Elder Dragons. Yeah, so that was really cool to see these Elder Dinosaurs. Uh, And that Elder conveys sort of a couple things. uh, That these are like the primal embodiments of their kind. They are the oldest and most powerful of their kind. Uh, And that's largely been true for the Elders going forward.
1: It is kind of funny, their their last appearance was in the 300 Steps Under the Sun, uh, and Hwatli uh, summons them while she's on the uh, winged temple of Orozca. Uh and they do kind of just pop up out of nowhere. It's almost like they came out from underground. Um, anyways, I'm sure that was relevant to the story going forward.
0: Well, I mean, Zatalpa flies in, and Zakama like, had to run there, but zakama is very big so you know they they just kind of brisk jogged over and we should also be clear sun empire they 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 ask they don't dominate so when they say summon they're like hey could you guys come help us we're getting really fucked up here
1: i mean i mean summon in like the term of like they were called and they answered yes not Mm -hmm. summon in the term of like magic summoning where it's like look i paid two black mana you're getting into play here Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but no i i think in the story if i recall correctly it's like they kind of come up out of nowhere. Like they show up and like, it's kind of hard to miss the comma, you know? So like mm-hmm. if Zakama just shows up somewhere, how, how did he get around? How did it get around? You know? Um, so my, my theory is like, we were getting a little hint there that they probably, there is some sort of subterranean network of which these things can travel through. Um, Cause it would be kind of weird uh if you lived on this this continent and you just didn't see Galta all the time you know like the dinosaurs pretty mm. big mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh plesiosaurs are not squamates but they are in the group of reptiles that are more closely related to squamates than archosaurs so not a dinosaur less of a dinosaur than zatalpa is cuz at least zatalpa is an archosaur but Archosauria is a clade that contains dinosaurs and crocodilians and pterosaurs.
0: So, yeah, we should be clear that magic uh, cl- magic creature types are not actual Yeah, no, no, well, no, <laughs> hold, hold on, no, this, this, this
2: is, this is, uh, I, this is, it's time for me to get mad at Oraska Frillback. Uh, <laughs> Go for it. Because Oraska Frillbrat Frillback depicts... A fantastical version of a Dimetrodon. And Lordy, you want to talk about stuff that's really not a dinosaur or even close to dinosaurs? Talk about Dimetrodon, who's one of our ancestors. It's a, it's a non-mammalian synapsid. So uh, we are more closely, it's more closely related to us than it is to to, to dinosaurs. Uh, Dimetrodon also ruled because it had a bunch of different types of teeth and uh, eight sharks. In shallow coastal waters, which is metal as hell um i don't like that. the frillbacks dinosaur i don't like it creature type synapsid when
0: <laughs> all righty let's uh shall we what time is it? Shall we move on to final thought well
1: i I have a quick final thought on Ixilon, and it's that I'm really looking forward to lost caverns of Ixilon. um I think that Ixalan was was the start of a turning point in magic history where um, the creative team and the people making magic sets started taking uh, cultural like sensitivity readers into account. And I don't know how much of that was put into original Ixalan, but this Lost Caverns of Ixalan has a lot of people on staff who are writing it, who are uh, from Latin America, from South America, who are uh very well versed in the cultures that are sort of being emulated and so i'm excited about that um and i'm glad that they're doing that for this uh and i can't wait till we go back to kaladesh and that's uh that's a that's a plane that needs some work so looking forward to that
0: kaladesh kaladesh <laughs> we'll talk about kaladesh when or if it comes back yeah. yeah uh okay so should we move on to final thoughts yes all right, my final thought is if you've been listening to this podcast for the last 2 years, probably not surprising. So anyway, Gigabash is having new DLC. Uh-huh. Uh, and amusingly, uh it is Ultraman. You might remember we had um Jeff Gomez on here last year to talk uh to talk to us about some of the early Magic history. Uh, he works very closely with the Ultraman brand now. And I asked him if he had ever heard of Giga, uh, Giga Bash. Uh, and at the time he hadn't, but I guess he does now because
2: we've got cool Ultraman stuff coming out.
1: Or he might have lied to you. Have you considered that
2: he lied to you? I haven't until now. Consider I lie about things <laughs> when it pertains to my NDA.
0: Anyway, I also watched Shin Ultraman over the weekend and it was uh, it was pretty good. It was not great. It was not as good as like Shin Godzilla. but. Um, it I, I kind of liked it once I got into it and realized it was like trying to do Showa era aesthetics with modern technology and I was I got way more into it at that point because there's some points where the, the special effects are kind of <laughs> they're kind of something um, but if you think of it as like an homage to like the classic Ultraman stuff it makes a lot more sense
2: and it was a fun movie. yeah I haven't watched any of the other Shin films uh, that Anno did because he did he did Ultraman and Common Rider or
0: Common Rider. Or, yeah, that's on that's two? streaming on Amazon. I've yeah. me- been meaning
2: to watch Yeah, that. I've I've not engaged with Common Rider at all. Uh and I don't know
0: anything about Common Rider and I, before before this weekend I knew almost nothing about Ultraman. Yeah,
2: Ultra, Ultraman hasn't been like I haven't gotten to the television side of a lot of Tokusatsu, but um I watched like the first two episodes of the Netflix Ultraman anime. And I haven't gone back to it. I forgot what distracted me. Did finish the the Gamera show was good. I liked the Gamera show.
0: I still need to finish that. It's,
2: it's good. It I I think it really clearly understood what makes Gamera Gamera as a character. What makes a Gamera story. Looking at all three eras of Gamera filmmaking and kind of distilling them into their base parts and combining them into one little self-contained narrative uh it's very sweet um i don't remember what my final thought was going to be because i got distracted there's
1: always destiny 2
2: there is always <laughs> destiny it is it is uh, festival of the lost so it's halloween time in destiny 2 which is great i can make a blue beetle outfit now there is always Baldur's gate 3 i'm almost finished my bard run siren Mike get the yankee bard with one level in fighter uh is i've called a battle clown all game uh and now has the clown hammer and she wears clown makeup constantly and looks like a doofus and has rainbow armor she's great um yeah guess i guess just discombobulated final thoughts for me today
1: uh gonna kind of end the show on a downer and just say that i have been just constantly thinking about the current events in palestine and gaza and it's been really rough and it's a very terrifying horrific world we live in and supporting people and uh sending support where you can is a good idea so um yeah i don't really want to talk about it too much but it it feels weird not to mention it because it is kind of a very huge thing happening in the world and um
2: yeah. I did I did a I'm... very I did a very dumb thing on Monday. Uh I guess I guess Monday is when I did the smart thing and realized so like I ha- all last week and I guess when this episode's actually out, it'll be two weeks ago. Uh I was like extremely emotionally unstable and extra depresso. And then uh like a week ago I was like Hey, wait a sec. I wonder if there's potentially been something happening that has been maybe destabilizing to my emotional well-being. Hmm. What could that have been? Uh, Everyone be kind to yourselves. It's going to be a stressful time where you might struggle more, and that is not a failing on your part. That is a normal response to traumatic events. Uh, and take care of yourselves. That is part of your responsibility. Be kind to yourselves.
1: It is important and valid to uh, be aware of what's going on in the world, keep abreast of things, uh, so that you can support people when and how you can best. Um, But you do not need to look at uh, videos of of children who are dying. You do not need to look at videos of people suffering. Um, You don't need to watch that to know that it's happening uh, and be aware of it. So if that is causing you a lot of distress, um, you know about it. It's real and you're aware of it. You do not have to seek it out and you do not have to keep your eyes glued to it. You can act on those feelings instead. That is my final thought. Um, Because it's been a rough time. It's not been good. Not been good i'll tell you that
0: yeah rima and i donated uh a lot over the last week to one of the palestinian uh children's relief organizations uh just because it was like the things are so bad there right now and yeah
2: well how carry
0: yourself how everybody. am
2: i supposed to segue into asking people for money
1: <laughs> um you know we couldn't we can maybe always... this week
0: we asked them to donate
1: something yeah. instead don't, you don't need to give us money right now. I think that's fair to say.
2: If you do, you get on our Discord server. That's it. That'll be the pitch. That's it. That's all you get this episode.
0: Yeah. All right. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.